0: It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports, with the Racing Boys. Brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Spreads.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with Kirk Elliott, Todd Surprise, running the show here today in Racing Boys HQ. We got a good show lined up for you today. We're in- Listen. Today is a day that we're we're just gonna shoot the bull today. We don't have a lot of guests. We don't have any guests, to be honest with you. And we're we are just gonna. You got Lee, right? Um,
2: I thought she. I thought she said yeah, She'd be happy to come on the show today.
1: Well, um, sh- let me let me uh, get back with her. Let me look here real quick.
2: But if not.
1: Well, we have Kirk w- Elliott. W- so w- we'll try to call her at 1220. Perfect. Right. So, anyway, um, a, a, a big weekend of racing uh, this weekend. A lot going on. A lot happening. Hey, hey Todd. Guess yes, sir. Guess where I'm going tonight.
2: I heard you got a good show to go to maybe tonight.
1: I'm going to Buck Cherry tonight.
2: It's going to be a good show at the venue you're seeing it at, which...
1: Knuckleheads.
2: People don't realize it, and, you know, it's a very good kept secret here in Kansas City area. Uh, they got venues inside, outside, uh, little venues, right. tiny venues. So they've got it all out there, and, and that's going to be a good show, man. That'll be a very good intimate show. And
1: you, you know what's so funny about Knuckleheads is is that when they have concerts down there, it's like when I go to the Truman there's like four or five hundred people there. Yeah, and, and I, I I believe that the Truman is going to be non-existent here before too much longer because they I think they're going to build the stadium down there.
2: Yeah, and, and I don't know if you just saw about the stadium what's going on down there. They're the High V Arena just went up for sale down there. Yeah, which used to be the old Kemp Arena. Now High V Arena. If you don't know, they've used it's being used for many multiple. NCAA things, uh, wrestling gets held there. Right, karate tournaments get held there. There's all kinds of things that get uh, volleyball tournaments.
1: Aren't they talking about building that over there with the Kansas City Star building it used to well, be?
2: Well, there's six, there's eight proposed sites. Right, that they have in mind. But what I think is going to end up happening is now that the High V Arena is up for sale. Right, the other proposed site was just to the south of that. Of that building, anyway,
1: is that down kind of by a crossroads?
2: It, no, that's 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 all. Um, uh, what do they call that? West Bottoms area. So, right, you know, Kemper Arena, that's on the Missouri side, but it's just onto the Missouri side, right? I mean, it's all those years, you know, it, we would seen
1: down by the market. The yeah, kind of yeah, down yeah.
2: there. Yeah, well, so it'll be right down there in the West West. So there's eight proposed sites. They don't know yet, right? But if Kemper Arena is for sale now, if that building is for sale now. And they were proposing to put it just south of there. I can't believe that they won't take advantage and snatch that building up, level that whole area. There's a lot of old buildings down there. A lot just,
1: of old buildings. Now,
3: why would you build a brand-new ballpark there? That makes absolutely no
2: sense. Why does that make no sense?
3: That's a terrible location.
2: It, it, it's, it's less the than... The old stockyards. I'd rather
3: stay right where it's at it's than less down than, there.
2: It's less than five minutes to, to the power and light it's going to be a shuttle ride from there to
1: they'll have they'll have trams that be, will take people up people think that
2: that that that's that far away it literally from where 670 turns in down there to where downtown is is less than a five minute walk it's a two minute car drive right that's not it's not that far away Kirk you're yet. talking
3: about where the old Kemper arena yes, is Yes, sir yeah no, that's a terrible location
2: they're gonna all that will be all rent all that'll be gone flattened down there. They'll have trams running from downtown down there through the West Bottoms. That's, I I that's the best place for that to go. Are you gonna be able to park if you put anything downtown? Are, are, no.
1: Would it be better down by the river?
2: The other proposed site. There's two of them down by the airport on the other side of the river. Right which would be like center field overlooking downtown with right. the river in the background. I wouldn't mind the rest of them are all going to be in the heart of downtown and good luck getting anybody that's older than 40 well, to go yeah, watch a game. Cause I'm not parking downtown to go watch here, baseball.
1: Here's the problem. with it's that not worth it? That will kill tailgating.
2: Well, yeah, well the baseball doesn't have as much tailgating like football, like does. like the football does. So what i think's going to end up happening is is once the Royals move out then the, they'll tear down Royal Stadium they'll build the new chief Stadium where the Royals the new the brand new one right just how they do Yankee Stadium and all these they tear down one side build the other one up and then where are
3: they going to come up with the money to build all this stuff where do they come cost up with a money couple of $2 all these dollars to build a brand new ballpark for a sport that nobody cares about you got
2: it if you want to play this game you got to do it If you want to be a big league city, and you don't want to become Iowa or Nebraska, then you've got to pay the piper. Right. I'm sorry. Iowa, Nebraska, taxpayers, Wisconsin. Those are minor league cities with minor league teams. And if you want to be Kansas City and be a professional person, be a professional team, then you got to step up and pay the bucks. You got to bite the bullet, and that's how it works. I'm sorry. That's just how it works.
1: Hey, hey. uh, uh, Some of the biggest news that we've heard here lately. Is UFC just bought <laughs> WWE? Right?
2: Yeah, the conglomerate that owns UFC has purchased, so it's a megla.
1: For how
3: much money? 20, 21000000000 21 mil- B- billion dollars. Twenty-one <laughs> <It's> billion. <laughs> We're talking billions. That's billion. a lot. Of, that's a lot of dough.
2: So, um, yeah, it's it's a crazy amount. I don't know what Vince McMahon's cut. I think it's like nine billion. I think is what Vince walks away with probably. Right. Uh, what Vince? people don't know this Vince's claim to fame he became a billionaire right and then he started some things that lost a buttload of money the XFL uh, a bodybuilding league and another thing and he became under a billionaire and it really bothered him right that he wasn't a billionaire no more so the company became publicly traded well he made the mistake of going publicly traded And then come to find out he had some extramarital affairs that he'd been paying millions and millions and millions of dollars to cover up. And he'd been paying them with WWE money. Well, as we're going to find out with a lot of things, you can't pay things out of your own pocket and pretend that it's being used for something else without getting in trouble. So uh, Vince got in trouble, and so he had to find a way to sell this company. So it did. It sold today. And tonight. last night was WrestleMania, which is their biggest it's their Super Bowl. Snoop Dogg was on Snoop there. Snoop Dogg was on. I mean, it's everybody was on. There wasn't nobody. that They spare no expense for WrestleMania. So tonight, if you are a wrestling fan, I know we had a couple guys that chimed in a couple months back. And right. Monday Night Raw tonight ought to be very interesting because it's under new management, under new ownership. I don't expect a lot to be different as far as what you're seeing, but... Things are going to start changing relatively quick on Will Vince the,
1: McMahon have any part of
2: it No I think he's this is it He's done He's done you know he got his wife he Certainly won't
3: have to worry about where his next meal is coming from No
2: no Him and his wife you know she was a big wig on on Donald Trump's um she was part of his board and sh- they got divorced soon after that cuz she got tired of Vince's Extramarital affairs they had been happening for years so but yeah. you can't be a publicly traded company and do what you've been doing as a privately traded company
1: uh, i might want to brighten up this
2: yeah will pull one that right one here. up here
3: yeah. weren't they able to keep things going through covid yeah that they helped were them out a lot didn't they it?
2: did and they were one of the only companies See, Vince own what they did was and people don't realize that he bought he rented out the miami arena and they just set up shop down there and lived in that so all the wrestlers lived in there. They had there. their own bubble. They had their bubble, just like Grizz talked about when we had Grizz on the show. When he talked about they built a bubble for the playoffs down there. Mm-hmm. Same deal. They lived all like so. Yeah, that that was how they uh, made it through COVID and was able to. But yeah, that was big news. And that uh, was
3: the only entertainment going for people to watch. Exactly. When the world shut down. It,
2: it really was, Kirk. That's what's amazing because they talked about how much reruns. The people that were watching reruns, you know, Netflix blew up. There wouldn't have been a. I've ti- binged watched a yeah. lot of
1: a lot of shows. There wouldn't
2: have been a Tiger King if the COVID would have happened. We would have never even heard of that. Never heard of it because that right. was in the middle of the binge hey, season
1: you, you know what I, what i did is i watched ozark you did yeah yeah and
2: everybody felt what they did was they picked them something to binge on and you just binged it and sit
1: and set on your couch and just and, watched it
2: and that's what i did i mean this is my first monday show back you know from being sick i've been sick with covid for two and a half weeks and gosh dog it was man. it was I, rough I when you get
3: when you get locked up in your own little bubble you got to be enter- entertained somehow yeah, you got to you got to watch entertainment, or you'd go crazy.
2: So I watched NFL the week after the Super Bowl. Ran all these really cool packages on Chiefs old school. So they had one on Lenny Dawson. They had one on Derek Thomas. They had one on Marty Schottenheimer. And I I just taped it. I didn't watch it when it came on, and so I taped it. So I had like three hours of some really cool documentary type stuff. And but yeah, binge binge watching is a, a necessity when you're down and out with uh. That, but I'm glad to be back on mostly motorsports. And I showed up on Track Talk this week and uh, was able to get up off the couch. I told, like I told Scott today, I've never been this sore in my life. Just you're, walking. you're
1: completely wore out, aren't you? Just
2: I went shopping. My son's birthday was this week, he turned 17. So I went and picked up a couple of things. I went through two stores, two department stores, sporting goods stores, walked around. And I wore my ass out. You were gassed. The next day I go, why is my butt, my legs hurt so bad? And I couldn't figure out what it was. It was like, oh, yeah, right, I actually yeah. walked and did something. I've <laughs> been on the couch for three weeks. so Right. But I did watch a lot of racing yesterday, man. My, I,
1: my neighbor had it for 17 days. And
2: that's that's about what they tell me, the what you'll feel. You know, even yesterday, Scott, after the show on Saturday, I didn't go to my in-law's house. For the birthday celebration because I was I didn't he has pneumonia and I wanted to make sure I was completely had nothing to again he's an older guy so right. I didn't and so um my father in law. So, all my neighbors are old. So I didn't want to get around them but Sunday I all I did was lay around to watch racing all day long. I watched IndyCar, I watched the replay of F one, watched the IndyCar, and then picked up on the NASCAR and then watched the replay of the Xfinity. So that's mm-hmm. that was my day yesterday. It was full of racing and it was pretty good racing, Kirk Elliott. Well, don't you as think?
3: far as I'm concerned, the IndyCar race at Texas Stole was the, the highlight of the weekend. Stole
2: the show me. this weekend. It was. I a, thought so. I thought it was. I know a lot of people don't like Indy racing because it's. But what I like about it is it's fast. They passed. They had so much passing yesterday, and the race was over pretty good time. Even though we had a lot of, we had a couple red flags even in the show yesterday. Right. So, but man, uh, you talk about even my son who was making a sandwich he don't watch racing at all he's making a sandwich and he stopped to watch those guys on he goes how fast are those cars going on that straightaway and i said about 202 and 190 in the corners and he said that's the craziest thing i've ever seen man
1: scotty cook just chimed in he said todd you must live too close to a 5g tower glad you're better (laughs)
2: <laughs> Scotty
1: with uh, Scotty Scotty got is the, a truther. He
2: is man. Well, uh, it, I, 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 it,
1: it, Scotty's the biggest truther that I know.
2: I love him regardless. It doesn't matter. Like, I, I love him as Kirk well, too. Elliott, yeah. Scotty Cook. I love them all, my friend, yeah, they're all my no friends.
1: No doubt about it. Uh, he he believes those five uh, G towers. Um,
2: well, it, with
1: there's a lot of people out there that believe those so 5G towers if, give you COVID. If you
2: believe that, you better be careful for this coming up because they've just installed 5G all around Union Station for the big NFL draft. So if you're in that area, you're going to be consumed with five G because the whole area <laughs> right. is being pumped in with five G this month. So stay away from there. So if you're if you're so yes, yeah, stay away. Maybe the crowd will be a little thinner, and me and Scott can roll in down there and watch All a little right. of the drift.
1: Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, Scotty Cook uh, didn't have much racing to follow this weekend. The ASCS tour they got called off this weekend. Yeah, down at Jackson right?
1: Motor Speedway they got canceled. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You know, the one thing about all of the dirt racetracks that I saw this weekend was uh, the track conditions were not the greatest. It was either too wet, rubber down, too slick. I don't know whether the weather conditions had a lot to do with that. but Let me just say this. Not the greatest weekend for uh, track conditions this weekend. We'll just say that.
1: When it came down to Devil's Bowl... That track was really fast and it was really narrow and James McFadden ended up picking up that $20,000 to win down there. Um, but and, and then Brad Sweet won the night before, but he won by five seconds.
3: Right. But right. he had no shot on Saturday night because starting where he did, you, you better start on the front row at Devil's Bowl Speedway on Saturday night or you're going to be in real trouble. Carson Macedo would have had the front row starting spot because he drew number one for the dash. But when he went out for the dash, he got up into the loose stuff up there and cost him dearly. Right. He ended up third, but that little bobble up into the loose stuff in the dash cost him a chance of winning that race. That's how fast that track was at Devil's Bowl, very heavy. And when it gets fast like that, you ain't going
1: to see a lot of passing. Carson Masito ended up running fourth in that. Last chance, last chance showdown. Card. Yeah. yeah. And,
3: and he had the number one pill.
1: And he started on the pole. Right. Right.
3: So that, that cost him a chance of winning that race. There's no question about that. James McFadden took full advantage of that and uh, was able to uh, run away to his but, second
1: win of the year. But Carson Macedo ran second in the feature.
3: Third. Kofoid ran second.
1: Oh, Kofoid ran second. Right. Buddy. Buddy runs second. James but, James won the race.
3: Now Devil's Pool Speedway well, is a great racetrack, but when it gets fast like that, you ain't gonna see a lot of passing.
1: Well, we've seen that happen before down there, where the track gets really tacky, fast. The groove is halfway down. Um, if if you noticed, if you watch the race, down in turns one and two, the groove was only halfway up the track. Right. And you could tell. And that doesn't give you a lot of options. No.
3: You could tell the heat races, which right. we saw absolutely no passing during the heat races, mm-hmm. that it was going to be very hard for that track to slip off. It cooled off, was cooler than they expected. I'm sure they threw a lot of water at it because everybody's been having to deal with a lot of wind. So I'm not really blaming. It's always
1: windy down there at Devil's Break. Right.
3: I, I'm not really blaming uh, the Edwards and uh, the track down there it was very hard to try to anticipate how much water you're going to need and i'm sure they threw a lot of water at it thinking that it would slick off but it the the moisture just kept coming up out of the racetrack with the cooler conditions and uh, it just it just got faster than anybody anticipated
1: yeah uh, brad sweet won on the prelim night he picked up the win brett marks was second Jacob Allen was third, David Gravel was fourth, and Buddy Kofoid was fifth on the first night.
3: Are you shocked by how uh, not a good weekend the Shark Racing team had? Both uh, Logan Shuart and Jacob Allen had to get provisionals just to make the show on Saturday night. And you'd think with a fast, big half-mile racetrack, the shark racing team would be up towards the front and they both had to take provisionals just to make the A main.
1: Right. I don't
3: surprised I, about that.
1: First of all, Kirk, I, I'm not sure. Logan Shuhart didn't make the A main.
3: They both did they do, both did, but they both had to take provisionals to get in.
1: They did? Yeah.
3: Started at the back.
1: Where did Logan Shuhart end up? Oh, he ended up running 14th.
3: Yeah. He did make a move up through the field mm-hmm. more so than some of the others did. But, uh, yeah, very fast racetrack at Devil's Bull Speedway. Sorry we didn't see uh, a little bit more passing going on. But, you know, that's, that's the way it is.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, we'll move
3: on, move on to uh, U.S. 36 on Friday night. We'll both be up there to watch right?
1: Friday night, U.S. Friday 36, night, World US of 36. Yeah.
3: They didn't get to race there last year, but keep your fingers crossed, get good weather, and see a great show What's there the weather supposed night. to be this Friday? I haven't looked that far ahead.
1: Has anybody seen that yet? I All don't right. even
3: want to think about it. Okay. I don't even want to think about bad weather. I don't think it's going to be bad. No, I think I think we'll have a good night. And then they're at uh, 81 Speedway Saturday night, track they've never been to before. Right. And uh, that should be a good show. So we're going to look for a good weekend, a world about laws. All right. Coming up. All
1: right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Lee Spencer is going to join us here on the show. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They'll be running at CMS on April 29th. We're going to be right back with more right here on Mostly Motorsports. Stay tuned.
4: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports
1: with the Racing Boys.
5: Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rodins, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to Rodinsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter
6: what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. rod and Supply is involved with
5: a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod ends, mm-hmm. radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter
4: what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com.
1: Welcome back to mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott trailer along with Kirk Elliott. We're the racing boys. Todd's Price running the show today for us. Doing a great job as usual and joining us now on the show. is one of our favorite people in the whole world. Lee Spencer, Lee, how you doing? I'm great. How are
8: you guys?
1: We're doing great. How are you? How have you been? We haven't talked to you in a while.
8: Yeah, we've had um, we've had some uh, family health issues, so we've been dealing with that, and um, it's uh, we're on the other side of it now, so things are looking up and uh, everything's uh, moving in the right direction.
1: Well, I hope that everything goes good for your family. Uh, uh, we we think the world of your family. Um, so, what'd you think about yesterday, Josh Barry running second to Kyle Larson? What'd you think about that run that he had?
8: Oh, I thought that was amazing. And it was just a matter of time. And I was kind of surprised at him running at the back. But then I had remembered that, um, you know, he's in a situation where he didn't have points. And so, um, you know, that and then having that altercation with Blaney. Um, you know early on the fact that Barry was able to recover and do what he did I thought that was absolutely amazing um, I give multiple props to him for pulling that off I thought it he just had a great day I was kind of comparing him and Priest because you know Priest has uh, a lot of short track experience and those were the two guys I I was kind of keeping an eye on um, you know just guys out of the norm not people we talk about all the time and I thought the fact that you know Josh had a week off because they brought in Jordan Taylor last week at coda um and then he climbed back in the nine car and and you know just looked absolutely stout like he belonged like he was one of the guys i mean granted he he's in Hendrick equipment he should run like that right, right? if no doubt if you're a driver worth your your metal and you're driving in Hendrick equipment, then you know show up and you show out, and he absolutely did,
1: yeah. Uh, Ricky Hendrick, uh, that that paint scheme yesterday—that was a uh, tribute to Ricky, and um, that that was—I guess yesterday was his birthday, wasn't it?
8: It was, and um, you know, I thought that that was—you know—it was really cool that they did that, and and certainly the fact that they were able to put that car in victory lane um, was a lovely tribute, right? Um, I'm sure. I would assume, I mean, I you know, not to assume much, but um, I I would guess that you were at I-70 when he got his, his first truck win.
3: Yep. That was so at it, uh, Kansas Speedway, yeah.
1: Kansas Speedway.
8: Oh, I thought it was I-70 in the truck.
3: 2001, the very first year the track was open, Ricky Hendrick won the very first truck series race at
1: Kansas Speedway.
8: Well, there you go. I knew it was up in your neck of the woods.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um did you think that Kyle Larson, when he ran into that, uh, I can't remember who he ran into, but did you think that that was going to... Suarez h- as on pit road. Yeah, do you think that was going to hinder him from winning the race?
8: Well, he sounded after that like it was, um, you know, certainly um, messed up the car a little bit, especially when you hit the front end like that. You can knock so much stuff out, Right. And right. so I thought that... Um, you know, it was kind of a brutal situation for him. Um, but I was glad to see him recover the way that he did because it could have been catastrophic. I mean, I think after people started pitting after that, uh, you know, maybe it was uh, 20 laps or so, and he cycled back to the front. So I thought that was pretty sporty for Larson. Yeah, what did you I think? I mean, it just shows you how good that car was, though, right? I mean, yeah, and, no and doubt. the pit stop. you got to give his pit crew credit for that last pit stop, giving him the lead, putting him out front, that's what he needed. You, I don't know if you heard Bell's comments afterwards, but um, Bell seemed a little upset. He said, if I could have ever gotten to the front. So, you know, this might be a situation where Joe Gibbs Racing's pit crews or, you know, or lack of performance of the pit crews is racing his ugly head again. What do you think
1: about Bell getting into William Byron and Byron ended up running 24th? What did you think about that sequence of events right there?
8: I'm sorry. What? Um, uh, You're when, when you Christop- breaking off. You were breaking up a little bit at the end there. Uh,
1: Christopher Bell, when he ran into William Byron, what did you think about that sequence uh-huh. of events right there?
8: Well, you know, Bell blamed Chastain. He said that he he pinched him and took them, you know, three wide. So I don't know how much of that, you know, had something to do with it, but um, it's uh, you know he he didn't think it was. And, they, uh, you know, we, when that when we had that restart, Byron was running fourth, and he was a little bit loose at the time, and I think it, it was, was just everybody going for real estate in turn one.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. Denny Hamlin looked like the only other guy that maybe had something for those Hendrick cars, but uh, self-inflicted issues right there a couple of speeding penalties and some other problems for Denny Hamlin we've seen
8: that story before I just don't know what to think of his behavior I mean you know he's, he's going up against the NASCAR or not NASCAR but the National Motorsports um, panel to discuss a, a, a previous incident and so you know the week that he's going up against the panel he he pulls something on JK Yaley who, I mean, God bless Yaley, You know, he's right. a triple USAC triple crown winner, but isn't in the best equipment. And and just to launch him the way he did, going in the corner, I thought was ridiculous.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you know, I when I I I watched that action on pit road, man, it it was there was a lot of stuff going on yesterday on pit road, wasn't there?
3: Yeah, Ryan Blaney was one that had it. They couldn't get the wedge wrench out of the car.
1: Right, no doubt.
8: I mean, there were just way too many mistakes, whether, you know, and it wasn't just that. His speeding penalty earlier mired him in traffic. So, um, you know, it was not just once, but twice. And I I thought it was kind of just ridiculous that a team that has that kind of um, potential, I mean, Blaney should be running up front every week. He should be contending for wins every week. And, you know, granted, he had a great run last year. Finished high up in the points, um, really could have won the Phoenix race. But um, I'm just, you know, I'm just beside myself the fact that that kid just can't get the consistency that he really needs to become um, just one of the standout drivers in NASCAR. The talent is there. The equipment is there. The, you know, the pit crew issues yesterday, that was self-inflicted. I mean, whoever told him to leave, um, you know, the, the pits, he shouldn't have left until everything was done. And, you know, right. the speeding penalty, that's on him. So um, I have no doubt that kid has everything it takes to be a superstar in this sport. And, damn it, if he just goes out and wins, I think that it'll be like – a night and day with his popularity. Not that he doesn't have a strong following right now, but with everything Ryan Blaney has going for him, he's got the name, he's got the looks, he's got the talent, he's got the personality. I mean, he should be NASCAR's most popular driver. But damn it, you need to win.
1: How many races do you think Denny Hamlin has lost on pit road from speeding?
8: Oh man, I you know I would hate to guess. Um, I will say that it bothered him enough that he went and did his an independent bicker situation for twenty three eleven, and I think that speaks volume.
1: I think Denny Hamlin was the only car that had something for Kyle Larson. Would you agree with that?
8: I'm sorry, you said what? You thought he you're, he was the only car that had something for Kyle?
1: Yep. What do
8: you Whoa. think about that?
3: Outside of my, yeah, outside the, of his Hendrick teammates,
8: Toyotas were good long run cars. The Toyotas showed up about lap 200, right? Yep. And you saw Bell, you know, had some power. Martin Truex Jr. He was up there, um, and then it just, you know, once they started going to those last couple of cautions, and and you know, Denny Denny's self inflicted again, speeding, speeding, speeding. I mean how many times has he just given it away? And how right. many times have I been on this show or one of your shows? And it just comes down to the fact that um, Denny, you know, Denny just doesn't have the discipline it takes to win a championship. We see it time and time again. Yeah. And and I think what we saw with the speeding, what we saw with Yaley is just another example.
1: Yeah. Uh, a, a really good run for Michael McDowell yesterday. He ended up running sixth.
8: Well, and he finished 12th at at Coda, and that was coming from the back. And and, um, I I was, like I said in a tweet, I was more impressed with what Todd Gilliland was able to do at Coda because you expect Michael McDowell, who was a driving instructor at Bob Bondurant, to run well at Coda. But what he did at Richmond, you know, getting that top 10 finish um I, I really think he's at a point where they've turned things around and uh, you know it's it's really just a matter of time before um we can we see what he's capable of doing and um i, I think that that organization showed with what they did with Todd Dillon that there's no security there if you're a driver and the only way to get security is to perform um and so that's you know i think that that's um you know, it's something to keep an eye on. Um, I keep, you know, you keep seeing when they're putting Zane Smith in their cars, and ultimately I don't think that's where he ends up with his cup career, but, um, you know, who knows? It's, uh, it's. Uh, I think McDowell's feeling it with these young guys coming in and, and you know, Doing well, that it's uh, kind of lit a fire underneath him, and and I think that that's great for his performance.
1: Let me ask you this, Lee: HendrickCars.com dot com has been on Kyle Larson's car quite a bit. It, it it is Rick Hendrick underwriting everything for Kyle Larson right now?
8: Yeah, but they also feel like they can make a. Um, you know, that it, that it's paying for itself with the publicity it gets. I mean, I told you guys before that um, I bought my car from when we were in North Carolina. I bought it online from bomerito and that was before bomerito had a relationship with um, Worldwide Technology. Right. Uh, I just, you know, I was looking for a specific car. They had it in their inventory and I went ahead and and bought the car. And, um, I don't think that, you know, it's lost on Hendrick that there are a lot of people, fans of of Kyle Larson's out there. And, um, you know, if they want to support the sponsor and you know how loyal race fans are, that they're going to, you know, look at, Look at the side, and if there's something that they want to, they'll probably go there first, uh, because, you know, you can deliver cars from wherever, and Hendrick has dealerships coast to coast, so right. it just, you know, I think it's, it's uh, from a marketing standpoint, it makes sense for Hendrick.
3: I agree with that. I mean, uh, where else, I think mean, you got to advertise somewhere, so we're better than his own race cars, and it's a worldwide Absolutely. organization. You can buy Hendrick cars from anywhere. You got a computer, so right. that's what that's all about. What are you thinking about the new low down force package that they have come up? Uh, is NASCAR heading in the right direction here? Was yesterday a better race than we've seen?
8: Um, I you know to me, I would not really had to have been at Richmond. Um, we came back to St. Louis this weekend because it's opening week at Busch Stadium, but. Um, I, you know, TV. I mean, I am. I thought TV was better yesterday because Larry Mack was on. I think Kurt did a really good job uh, analyzing it. But time and time again, I'm not sure what Fox is looking at on the racetrack because they're not telling me anything I can't see on TV. Right. And I want to find out, you know, I want to know what's going on behind the scenes. I want to know. I want to, you know, I want to know what their insiders can tell me uh, background on it. And it was, you know, to have Larry Mack back in the booth yesterday, I thought it was a win-win because Larry Mack does his homework. Larry Mack knows what's going on, talks to crew chiefs, talks to drivers, gets a sense for what is happening with this car. And so I think from having him in the booth, you had better analysis on what was going on with the car. Um, as far as, you know, the new package, but, you know, the hearing post race, like when the, uh, reporters were talking to Kevin Harvick, I didn't get the sense that behind the wheel, they felt a whole lot different. I will say, um, you know, of all the different places that we've been to, and we went to the first five races, certainly intermediate tracks, I think have, have shown the best since going to the new package.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that. That's so why I'm looking forward to Kansas Speedway coming up here in a few weeks uh, because the racing out there has just uh, been about as good as it's been anywhere with these new race cars. So uh, I would agree with you about that. So, what, I mean, I guess my big, we're all thinking about the dirt race at Bristol this weekend, but I'm more interested in what kind of a race are we going to see at Martinsville in a couple of weeks.
8: That's, I mean, you know, that's really going to be the telltale as far as, because it's a flat track, they've done a lot of work on flat tracks because they want, um, they can't have another snoozer at Phoenix, right? Phoenix is whoever gets out, whoever is that best final pit stop, gets the track position, is going to, or, you know, doesn't have problems, that's who's going to win that race, and, um you know, I just don't think it makes for a good season finale. That's just my opinion. But, I, right. it, it, you know, it just doesn't light a fire under me. Do you think uh, – So they're going to take um, – they're going to test at New Hampshire because they think New Hampshire is a better track. They were originally going to test at Gateway. They were, Actually, they were supposed to be there this week, but I think that they're going to New Hampshire instead because they think that it's a better indication – and I believe that will be before Martinsville, but they can't do anything in the short time period that they have to, um, imp- you know to improve the package other than you know somebody might learn something there that they can transfer over to Martinsville next week. Uh, Lee, let
1: me ask you a question. Let's step back a couple weeks. Do you think that in Fontana they'll end up building the short track at that racetrack? Do you think that'll happen?
8: At, at California Auto Club? Yeah. Uh, I say it's 50-50. That land is worth so much money that I can't imagine that they would hold on to any of it. I mean, I would just take, you know, I would take the money and run at this point. I mean, with what real estate's doing, if they've got a good buyer for that if they want to turn that into Amazon land like they did with Chicago land speedway, I would say have at it.
3: Yeah. I think that's, what's going to happen. I
8: mean, I, you know, I really hate the fact that they're screwing with it at all because it's an individual track. We don't race at any place that's like it. And so why are we screwing up a good thing? I mean, it's, uh, you know, if they, if they, if they're that desperate to get the, um, you know, to have the, um, the land then take all of it i mean you know right. because you're not going to be able to recreate a track like that and it's different from california because it's worn out so i'm just you know i'm just not feeling it with any kind of changes coming in all right
3: uh, lee uh locally we watched jonathan davenport they call him superman when uh mlra race on saturday night down here at lucas hole speedway and in victory lane he says now I'm really looking forward to next weekend. He is gonna be in the cup race next weekend driving a car that I think might be pretty good, but to see Jonathan Davenport get a shot at this uh at this cup series race next weekend's got my interest peaked.
8: Well, and there you know, there are probably gonna be a couple other people that come out of the woodwork, but you know, certainly having Superman behind one of the cup cars, um, I think that's a win win for everybody and I just I can't wait to see how it transfers. Um, It'll be fun to watch. This could be the last dirt race, so they might as well get them out there now and take advantage of it.
1: Yeah, no doubt about
3: it. Do you think this is it for Bristol for dirt racing?
8: I'd be really surprised if they went back. I mean, all along I've I've said that I thought North Wilkesboro is the ideal place just to have a dirt track. Rather, you know, if you're going to tear up the track, and I was there a couple weeks ago and. Um, I don't know how much um, wear and tear it, it has left in it. Right. So, um, because when I was there, there were ground guys pulling sealer up out of the track. So, um, I don't know. I, I think I'd take the surface out. Since that's on my own that track, and they also own Bristol, you could still make that a, a premier dirt track, and it would be absolutely ideal. And, um just go from there and let, you know, because you think of all the different people, there's really not, I mean, there's the Charlotte dirt track, but I mean, there's really not a permanent dirt track that is in an iconic spot like Wilkesboro. And, you know, dirt track, that's about the size of the crowd that they need to have up there because there's only one way in and one way out. Yep. Um, So, it's you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the whole thing transforms fires on uh, next month
1: you know i've been saying it all along they need to make iowa speedway the dirt track
8: um i i
1: i don't think i don't think that uh, knoxville would like that too much
8: i thought you know i mean you're sitting there with a premier track at knoxville so if you're going to do one there's your spot but i mean i don't know i can't see other than that uh you know, trying to, uh, compete with Knoxville since it's like the Mast daddy of dirt tracks. But, it, it, um, last time North Wilkesboro was repaid is 1984. So that concrete <laughs> has, you know, has seen it all. And, um, I just don't know how much longer it has. I, I, I just don't
1: see Knoxville. Uh, when, when I watched that race, when the trucks were up there, I, I just didn't think it was a very good race.
3: Well, that's one of the reasons why they're not there anymore. They right. did two years
1: there. Yeah,
3: it didn't really pack the it didn't really pack the grandstands. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, and uh, you know it's a it's a sprint car racetrack, and uh, I just don't think that translated very well to the heavy stock cars. If you were there, I Lee. You really you were down. at both events, were you
8: not? I was. Yeah. If the if the stands trooper. were
3: packed, they'd still be doing it there, would they not?
8: Yeah, and I mean, I think it was a mixed crowd. So it's, um, I, I really thought that if they had it right around the time, you know, if you could he- kind of have it in that period of time when the New Zealanders and the Australians come over and just kind of introduce them to, you know, a variety of, of different types of racing, it would have been better. But I, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it was an interesting experiment. But yeah. they they really haven't put one hundred and
3: twenty five thousand people into the grandstands at Bristol for the dirt races there. What what are the crowds yeah. been like for the dirt races well, I mean, at pizza. Bristol compared I mean, to to the paid races that they have in, in August or September? Now. Right.
8: Well, I mean, you can't compare the night race to anything, and that's what they were trying to do—is just give them something different, um, because the night race—if you have, you know—if you're in a predicament financially you can only afford to go to one race you're probably going to go to the night race right so they just wanted to try to spread their wings and try something different and they did yeah you got to give them credit for that
1: yep no doubt about it lee uh we appreciate you uh coming on at the last minute for us uh, I, I can't thank you enough for doing that um what do you got coming up on racing boys you got anything coming up on there
8: um, you know, we're going to, we're headed to Bristol this week. So there's probably going to be, um, you know, something with Chase Briscoe, one of the dirt guys just kind of talking about, um, you know, just what they think of the project three years later.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Lee, thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Sure. We, we love you and we can't, we can't think enough. About I'd like you. to
3: say go Cardinals, but I can't do it. I can't pull myself to
2: do that.
8: Well, just say "Go Blues," but anyway, go we'll Royals. work on that. About uh, well, yeah, that that's
3: where you and me. Are. the The Royals haven't won a game yet.
2: <laughs> we scored but, a run yesterday. But are
3: the Blues well, well, even going to make shoes. the playoffs this year? Are they? Are they even going to make it?
8: Who the Cardinals? The Blues. The Blues. The Blues. You know, the Blues won't. The Blues won't. They're out, right? But I still support them, right, until the bitter end. <laughs> it's been a tough year for us
3: Blues fans. We'll put it that way. She's yes, die
1: She's a diehard St. Louis person. You know, Louis but person. at least we
3: got that championship from 2019 to live on for a while.
8: There yeah. it
1: is. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you, Lee. We appreciate you.
8: Take care, boys.
1: All right. Thank you. Bye. There you have it, Lee Spencer. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they'll be racing their first race down at CMS on April 29th. We'll be right back with more Mostly Motorsports in a moment. Stay tuned.
4: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys
5: rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com. Rod End Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rod ends, radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is.
6: To learn more, go to Supply.com. Rod End Supply is involved with a variety of
5: motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rod End's, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is.
4: To learn more, go to RodEndSupply.com.
1: Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. You know, one uh, racetrack that was
3: pretty good this weekend, I thought. I was kind of saying that uh, was there many dirt tracks that really produced good racing this weekend? Well, a lot of them did not, but one that did... I thought it was Lucas Hole Speedway. They did a really good job yep, uh, they did. prepping that racetrack this weekend under really challenging conditions with the high winds. And uh, so hats off to those guys down there for getting just enough water on it and prepping that track before that feature event on Saturday night. And it turned out to be pretty good down there. So uh, boy, if they thing duplicate that for the Show Me 100 weekend, they'll have it covered. Because you remember last year, they got a lot of rain that weekend right, and yeah. caused some issues for Friday night down there. But boy, if they put this kind of a race track uh, together for the Show Me One Hundred in about a month and a half, they'll they'll have a big weekend.
1: Ricky Thornton Jr. picked up the prelim night, and On Jonathan night. Davenport picked up the uh, the twenty grand they raced. Oh, no, it was ten grand, wasn't it? It was 10000 dollars. Ten thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. Yeah. the...
3: They had a pretty stellar field of late models down there this weekend. Bobby Pierce was there and as you mentioned, Ricky Thornton Jr. of, a lot night. of
1: really good race car drivers down there this yeah. weekend.
3: And but. of course, uh, you know, Jonathan Davenport's going for that Lucas Hole championship this year. And Lucas Hole Speedway is a big track in winning that championship this year because it serves as the cutoff race for when they go to 16 after the Show Me 100, and then it pairs down to eight, the Diamond Nationals in middle of July. So that uh, that's going to be a big racetrack going for that $200,000 payday at the end of the year. And Jonathan Davenport, uh, he uh you haven't seen him show up at a lot of $10,000 to win races yeah, over did. the last year. If, if he shows up, he's He's showing up for the big money, but he's also looking at that $200,000 payday at the end of the season. And Lucas Hole
1: Speedway is going to big venue of uh, getting there. You know who I think, um, to be honest with you, Kirk, the biggest story of the weekend for me personally was John Forrest having that big wreck at Pomona.
3: Was that crazy or what?
1: Man, that
3: was a crazy incident.
1: You know, I, I always worry about John when he takes those big impacts like that.
3: I mean, we had a couple of funny cars doing slide jobs with one another down the racetrack. He crossed over. this. Uh, J.R. Todd was the other car involved. Right. And parachutes got tangled up, and then he went headfirst into the wall. And uh, fortunately, he was okay And so was J.R. Todd, too, by the way, who had another incident where he had a huge explosion that took the body off his race car. J.R. Todd not only had that incident, but another life-threatening incident after that.
1: Did you see that body fly up into the crowd? Oh, that was crazy. That was nuts. Yeah. But uh, thank God John Force is okay after all that. All right. I want to bring on the show right now a great friend of the Racing Boys, uh, John Bowler. Uh, which is going to have a World of Outlaw race up at US 36 in Osborne, Missouri this weekend. John, how you doing? Pretty good. How you doing? We're we're doing real good, man. This is a big weekend for you. It looks like the weather's going to work for you. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a good one. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. This, um, unfortunately, uh, last year you didn't get the show in, but this year it, it seems like uh, everything's coming together for you. Talk about your show this weekend up there at US 36 Raceway in Osborne.
9: Well, we got the World Outlaw Sprint Cars and we got the B Mods. Yeah. USRA B Mods. And, uh, we're actually opening it up for B Mods, Sport Mods, and I guess some Mid Bliss Mods. Yeah. Should be a good show.
3: Yep. I that predict you're house. going to have the biggest, the largest crowd that that facility has ever seen. I predict that. No doubt. Friday night. Oh, that, I don't that's know how going you to be beat big. the
9: 2020 COVID year.
3: You think that was big? I think this is even going to be bigger than that. Was that on a Saturday yeah, night was... uh, when they came up there in 2020? That was a Saturday night show, was it not? Uh, You know, I can't remember. I think it was, and it was. Beyond sold out. Well, here's here's <laughs> the reason why I think it's even going to be bigger than that because the show they put on that night between Brad Sweet and Sheldon Hodenshield. I that think was Held, a, that, was great, that was that was a great that was a great race, man. That was one of the great races
1: we've seen in a long time.
9: Yeah, this little sort of joint to put on a good one as long as we can get the track right.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, listen, John, since you've ran that racetrack up there, that track has been better than it's ever been just to be honest with you you, you, the way that you uh prepare that racetrack you got that dip out of there over there in turn one it's not as bad as it used to be you've done a really great job up there with us 36 raceway
9: well i appreciate that we work hard at it we miss it every once in a while though and that's and you hear about that one you miss forever
1: yeah no doubt people People remember those those nights when you when you have a bad night, don't they?
9: Yes, they do. They but it's it's it.
1: not a perfect science, though, John. I mean,
3: I don't think a lot of people realize just how difficult it is. You got to read the wind, the moisture in the air. There's a lot of factors at play when you decide how much water to put on a racetrack.
9: Yes, all that makes a difference.
1: Yep. Yeah. John, what's your philosophy on 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 prepping a racetrack for people like the World of Outlaws this weekend? What do you, what do you go in your mindset going into this race? How do you prep that racetrack?
9: Well, I'm trying to get uh, actually I'm trying to get actually six feet under the racetrack really hard. You know, I just run a sheep's foot a lot and get it really hard and prep it and till it and hopefully I'll have a good racetrack.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, we just wanted it takes a
9: lot of man hours. People don't realize how many man hours it takes.
1: How, how many you days do you guys work... out here for?
9: How many days do you work? Hours?
1: On... How many days do you work on that racetrack leading up to a big event like this? Uh, at least
9: ten. Wow, this is our big event, so we've been working on it for over ten days. And then when the rain hits you. If it's a lot of rain, like it was the other day, you basically start over. But you do got a base underneath it, and that's what we needed. Right. Well, you got some nice you know, days coming to, up this had, week.
3: Had, you got some nice practice. days coming up.
9: Yeah, and I had practice uh, yesterday when I knew it was going to be sunny and dry, so we could really uh, uh, get it hard underneath, and it really worked. I mean, I didn't put much water on it. It was a little dusty, but it packed her in tight. So that's what I wanted to do. I'm going to leave it alone till Wednesday now. See if this rain hits tomorrow, that way it'll just run off of it because I got it's hard right now.
2: Hey, hey, John. This Todd, producer. Hey, you. How are you doing on help up there? As far as for one of these kind of events, because this ain't like your normal weekly event. So, I mean, how do you have enough help up there? And if you're needing any extra help, yeah,
9: we we also pull the drag strip Saturday night help on this show.
2: Yeah, that's. He's got his
9: own crew down there, and we pitch in and do this as a go. This is a joint effort between me and Mike for these shows. The World Outlaws me and him always team up and do it. Mike, Mike, we got plenty of help, and he's been around a long time.
1: Mike's still a big uh, uh, help to you up there at that racetrack, isn't he? Uh,
9: yeah, usually on the weekly stuff, not all I have him do is blade it. But on shows like this, you know, my national event and all that, Mike helps me out a lot. I couldn't do it without him. Yeah, you know, he, he had a lot of help doing this, as you very well know.
3: And he built this place, and uh, he was a big sprint yeah. car guy to begin with.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, let, that's what he built it for—sprint cars. Yeah, L- let me ask you this: When the outlaws come in, do they kind of dictate how they want you to prep that racetrack during the night? No, no, Mm-mm.
9: nope. I prep it however I want. Uh, I do know they don't like it heavy as it used to be in the past. Right. So I make sure I don't do that. And you can understand why <laughs> they feel that way. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I don't like that either. So. You know, Mike, he likes it that way because they can go 150.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Mike always likes them going fast, doesn't he?
3: I want to see yeah. some passing going. On. You know, we had it Devils Bowl Speedway on Saturday night. That was a little bit too fast, I thought. So you you want to you want to slick it up a little bit to where you see some passing. That's the whole main idea here, man. That last. Yeah, I want to leave moisture on the put moisture on the bottom and moisture on the top and let the. The center slick off, so they can do yeah. their fly
9: jobs wherever they need to do. That last a good show for the fans.
1: That last outlaw race that you had up there—that was a, a barn burner, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, no best doubt. Best race I have
9: ever seen in my life, and I've been watching sprint cars for forty years.
1: Yep, yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah,
3: that finish is something we'll be talking about for a long time. I'm sure Sheldon Hodgshield won't forget it either. Oh and, yeah. And on the Brad Brad bad Sweet side, Brad Sweet didn't like it very much, but it it was sure a win-win yeah. for the race fans. Right. Yes, it was.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, John, we just wanted to get you on and, and talk about your race coming up there. Um, let people know what time the gates are opening up up there, and uh, and when they can come up there and and, and buy their tickets. Yeah, the
9: pit gate, the pit gate opens at two, and the grandstand gate opens at uh, six o'clock. Six o'clock. Yeah, I imagine they'll be here early, but that's when it's supposed to open.
3: And I'm looking at the forecast right now. I see sunny skies, high temperatures in the sixties. Perfect. A little yes. bit cool at night, it's going to be a great night
1: perfect perfect yep. weather yeah no doubt about it well Kirk and I will both be up there this weekend so um just uh make sure that we're on the list up there and and we'll come up there and we'll we hope that you have a barn burner of a race up there this weekend
9: all right buddy thank you
1: all right you bet there you have it John bowler joining us on the show you know he's done a really good job up there for uh,
3: mike franks uh, since the, he started operating the weekly racetrack up there, there he's was a done lot of better questions. than anybody else i think so That's ran and, that uh, racetrack you know those two guys get along great and yep. uh john you, you gotta tip your hat to him he's been at it for a few years now and uh, he's made that work up there.
2: If if you go to the World of Outlaws uh, face or their homepage on their you know their website, it actually says grandstand gates open at five. So I don't know. I know John said he thought six, six but he's out there working. So he just so what they have here on their schedule: two p.m. P- pit gates open, five p.m. grandstand gates open, five p.m. Drivers meeting hot laps at 6 630. 630 hot laps and following uh, racing ceremony. So, and you said there, there was
3: there. one support class B mod, yeah. B mods, B mods are on there. Yeah. So, um, it's gonna be a great show, yeah. It'll
2: be a good show. So, yeah, like you said, you can find all that information. They don't have it on there. The Facebook page isn't updated yet for, for US 36, so don't try to find it there. If you're gonna look for the information, you could go to the World of Outlaw page uh, and find it there.
1: In my eyes, correct me if I'm wrong. But the three big racetracks in this area are Lakeside, I-70, and US-36. Would you agree with me on that, Kurt? I would say that's right.
3: And we don't have the World of Outlaws back at I-70 yet. Right. Uh, we'll see the Outlaws at Lakeside in October this year. And, uh, but I'd like to see them at I-70 Motorsports Park. No doubt. We had it there when it first opened. but I wasn't there. I I just like to see them work out whatever differences they had and get the outlaws back out at that that facility deserves to have the world of outlaws.
1: No doubt yeah. about it.
2: We we're a little spoiled here because we even got Lucas Oil less than two hours away from our you know two and a half hours away from and, our house. And, I mean, and
1: to be honest with you, Lucas Oil Speedway is the greatest yeah. racetrack so in the country. You,
2: you just can't compare everything to it. It's kind of one and it's off. kind of you know. There's maybe two other tr- tracks in the country that even would say, no, we think we may have a better track, but nobody's going it,
1: to. It, it, Lucas Oil Speedway is probably, in my eyes, I, I'll just say it, the nicest track in the country. Would you agree with me? Oh, on yes, sir. Just a beautiful well, facility.
2: The, the thing people don't realize, it's a giant facility. I mean, it's not just the dirt track, you have the off road racing and the off road racing part, drag boat it's racing. It's just, it, it's a big, and from the road, it looks like a pristine place. It looks like a Royal Stadium or the K down here or Kansas Speedway. When you drive by it, the manicure part, the lighting, they take care of the painting of the of the curbs. Everything's taken care of. So it's like it's a different like you said, we understand a lot of tracks aren't in areas that get taken care of regularly. You know what I'm saying? Because it's loud. It has to be in places where there's just not a lot of upkeep. Uh, the,
1: the problem is with a lot of racetracks in today's world is is that the track promoters don't do capital improvements on the racetrack. Yeah,
2: and I understand it. It's expensive to do everything, and there's only so many hours a day. But, man, it sure makes a difference when you see those tracks like, lucas oil and some of these other ones when you go into them you're like man this this thing i know it takes a little bit more money to or a lot more money to to make it look that nice but man it sure you do a do a google search over the top of lucas oil speedway and watch and do the google image you know over above it and and you can just tell the place is never not kept up you know i mean hell after the tornado or quote you know supercell that hit it they right. were they were cleaned up wasn't six months later and everything was almost back to normal yeah and the bad
3: know. part about it is it happened right ahead of the show me 100 yeah. weekend and they cl- had to call it off they, the whole whole right. thing and, and that was 2019 and, and you, they weren't able to have the event at all
2: any others any other racetrack that might have been that might have just been enough to, to shut a racetrack down you know what i mean Yeah. But, yeah no lucas doubt. has enough money obviously but the facility being such a premier event place for more than just oval track racing like we talk about boats and off-road racing we don't watch a lot of it here on racing boys but on the tv behind us the off-road racing that's some really cool stuff and they got a following like you don't you know there's a people that really follow that sport and uh my dad regularly he lived right down there by that by the lake and he regularly went up to watch the boat races because he was a boat guy and man people loved watching those boat races up right, here at Lucas no Oil so it's a great facility for anybody.
1: You know but- the Texas uh the Texas dirt track Rick just brought it up. That's one of the nicer facilities in the country as well.
3: Yeah, yeah except they didn't really put great quality dirt in that facility did they not?
1: It rubbers up a little bit. Yeah.
3: The facility itself is fabulous. It's yeah. it, it's top notch. It's really great.
2: Yeah, is that part of the? That's in the NASCAR. I mean, that's not NASCAR, but I mean, it's in the same parking lot, right, or the same vicinity as the big the big track, right? I mean, right, right. just right on the property. So I mean, you know,
1: I, I want to give a little shout out to Tammy. She says that uh, love John Force, the best of all time, but at seventy three years old, maybe it's time to call it a day.
2: I think he has the ability to still race, but I worry about him when he wrecks.
1: His reaction time's still good. Well, he made uh, yeah. Uh, I think he even
3: admitted they he made a little bit of mistake there. He kind of stayed in a little bit too long, didn't yeah. back out of it. His reaction blew the tires off. Can't be as good as no even ten years ago.
2: But his reaction times, if you've seen some of the his actual reaction time, they're not. I mean, it's not bad. But like you said, when you're an older person, man, those hits. I don't care how much safety equipment I'm just you have. If this just incident
1: this weekend
3: purpose. might be a but wake John up call.
2: For,
1: but John Force is the leader in innovations right.
2: for Absolutely. safety. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, been that just, way for a long time.
3: I just wonder after watching this this weekend, yeah, that, thought, that might be the wake up call to think, you know what, maybe
2: because you know, maybe
3: I have to think about uh, stepping aside.
2: He had a big wreck not too long ago. You know, when he first brought that Camaro car out, had a bad, bad wreck, right. and. Um, he kind of just blew it off, <laughs> you know, like that was right. how it works. But I thought same thing, you know, we have him here in the studio. We've had him in our studio a couple times, not this new one, but the old one. And
1: We I, need him in the new one. We do, and we need yeah. to get him
2: in before he gets himself hurt or retires. So, right. yeah, that'd yeah. be nice to get him in here.
1: Um, Tammy says, Scott, they do in Central PA. Every year the promoters are updating the facilities over the last five or six years. We are fortunate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, you know, we talked about Lucas Hole Speedway. Jonathan Davenport went in on Saturday night. That was a great prep racetrack. Uh, let's look at Port Royal Speedway. They had a day race at Port Royal on Lu- Saturday. Lu- Lucas Wolfe won. I thought, uh, I thought it produced some pretty good racing yeah, for a day show.
1: That. Yeah, that was a good show. The
3: 410 uh, winner on Saturday night. Uh, I cannot.
1: Lucas Wolfe. Listen. I can't tell you how I am looking forward to going to PA Speed Week. I, I I'm I'm just looking so forward to it. I can't even begin to tell you how much I'm looking forward to it. I I can't wait to go out and see all the great racetracks that are out there in PA. Uh, uh, it's it's just going to be a fantastic time. I, I yeah. think I'm going to get a motel room out there, Kurt.
3: Certainly on my bucket list, especially at Port Royal Speedway. You know, it looked like Jason Schultz was going to run away with that thing. Uh, Danny Dietrich pulled a slide job on him there one time. Couldn't quite pull it off, and then Schultz had a tire go down. Dietrich inherited the lead, but then lost it on the restart. Lucas Wolf got the better of him on the restart there and uh, ran away to the victory. Dietrich finished in second. And it was uh, Logan Wagner, I think, finishing third, and Anthony Macri in fourth place in that race out at Port Royal Speedway. They had to kind of beat the weather out there. They got it in before the rains came, but uh, that was uh, pretty good action on a uh, slicked-off racetrack during the day at Port Royal Speedway. Those guys have prepped that track out there. They're I just don't say it enough that they may be the best in the country.
1: No doubt about it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about motorsports here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power I Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they're going to have their first race down at Central Missouri Speedway on April 29th. We'll be right back with more here on Mostly Motorsports.
4: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys
5: rod N Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com. rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod ends, <laughs> radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to
6: rodinsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial
5: applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod ends. radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to
4: Supply.com.
1: Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports, and it's all brought to you by Rod & Supply, featuring the Mid- Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they'll be racing down at Central Missouri Speedway on April 29th. And uh, we want to remind everybody about what's going on up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum are going to be giving away a 2023 Z06 Corvette with the Z07 Performance Package. It's pearl white. You can see it on the screen right now. It is a beautiful car, and I'm not sure they have it up there on the on display yet. But they're also going to give you twenty-five thousand dollars in cash to help pay for the taxes on that car. This car is. 760 horsepower, 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. It goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. 8-speed automatic. And it's got all the big brakes. It's got the larger wheels on it. And it's got the aero package on it. Again, this is the Z07 performance package. And this car is a remarkable car, folks. And if you want to buy a raffle ticket for it, And again, you can do so up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. You can go up there and walk around. And they're going to have the Williams Grove Track Tribute this year. Sorry, I got the hiccups right now. Um, and, And they're going to have that going on up there. That's going to be a great display. And don't forget... The National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week. The only time it's ever closed is on national holidays like Christmas, New Year's Day, um, Thanksgiving maybe. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure they're closed on Thanksgiving, are they, Kirk? Do you know?
3: Uh, I need to check on that. I I thought there's just two holidays they are closed on, but uh, I know Christmas is one of them, and I thought New Year's was the other. Well, and yeah, if, you want, check on the if you want to, for
1: sure. if you want to buy a raffle ticket for this Corvette, you go to winaz06corvette.com. Again, that's winaz06corvette.com. And Bob Baker and, and those guys up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. To, to be honest with you, I kind of wish I lived up there in Knoxville.
3: Remember, remember, you talked about moving up
1: there one time. Remember, I talked about yeah. moving up there at one time. There was a house right across the street from uh, uh, Mrs. C's, and I was going to buy that house. Remember that, Kirk? It had the garage out back, and it was made up for a studio, but we wouldn't have Todd if we didn't have that. Uh, that, that would be that was pre Todd. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that, uh, we were thinking about doing that. At... Oh, back back when we were looking for places to. You know, it it would be great to to have uh, to just do a show over there at the national. Well, you got a spot. Car.
3: You got a spot up there at the north campground. All you got to do is just pull the rig up there, and it's it's there for the summer.
1: But you know the the great thing about doing a, a show up there would be able to go over there to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum and do a show every day.
3: That'd be cool. You could probably still do that during the nationals this
1: year, no doubt. Might They'd might let you do that? We might do that this year, right? Yeah, we might just do that. So uh, maybe we'll have a show every day during the nationals, Kirk. What do you think about that? Sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Outlaws are going to be at
3: uh, Knoxville coming up early in the season this year. They've got. Uh, couple of April dates coming up there. They're opening up on the 15th of this month. That'll be the season opener. And then uh, it's uh, the weekend after that. They're going to have a two-night World of outlaw show at the Knoxville Raceway, Friday and Saturday, April 21st and 22nd. Oh, while we're talking about the schedule, did you hear the news the other night from Devil's Bowl? They've scheduled a World of outlaw two-night uh, in October. show for October. Now, this would be the week after the Winter Nationals that are the weekend before that for the ASCS or traditional dates of the
1: 13th and 14th of
3: October. The next weekend after that, the World of Outlaws are going to run a two-night show. That
1: might not be good for ASCS, just so you know. Well,
3: why not? uh, You'd have two big weekends. Just go down there and camp out for two weekends, and you'd have... Two great shows, the 360s, kind of like Knoxville. You'd have the 360s one weekend and the 410s the next.
1: I might do that, Kurt. That'd
3: be that'd be a good doubleheader weekend. I
1: might just do that. For,
3: uh, you know, two weekends in a row.
1: Yeah. I so might... if
3: you're a Sprint Car fan, that, that ought to bring a lot of people down there.
1: Right. Uh, again, if you want to buy a raffle ticket for the Corvette, do so at winaz06corvette.com.
3: I can't wait to see that Williams Grove exhibit up there this year. A lot of history Man, that's at Williams be Grove great. Speedway.
1: Yeah. What would you think about Lucas Wolf's win at Port? Uh, that was a good I, race. That was
3: a good race. We chatt- chatted about that here just a few minutes ago. Uh, I thought he got – I was very surprised that he got such a good restart on Danny Dietrich there, that last restart when Jason Schultz's tire video. went down Uh
2: where was that Dietrich
3: inherited that's at in Port Royal Speedway what on Saturday that? night uh, the uh, that uh, that was pretty good action for uh, for a day show yeah I thought up there and Jason Schultz fended off Danny Dietrich in a classic slide job battle there yeah and once he got out once he was able to pull out some lap Traffic kind of got in the way there. It did didn't you look say pull like out? Kirk? Shil- Schultz was going to be able to be chased out of Did at that Kirk
1: point? just say pull out? He did, didn't he?
2: He do not understand that.
1: <laughs> well, that was a pretty good race, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it was just,
3: it was just surprising that Wolf got that good of a restart on Danny Dietrich there at the end. Yeah.
1: No doubt about it. Well, Kirk, um, uh, again, um, you said that you watched that USMTS race down there at Vivian, Louisiana at Arklatech Speedway. You said it rubbered up, didn't it?
3: It rubbered down. We didn't see much passing going on. Tyler Wolfe uh, jumped out in front early in that race and uh, was able to pull off the uh, victory down there. Uh, but it was, uh, it was pretty much where you started is where you're going to end up. Chris Hennigan ended up in second, Zach Vanderbeek third. Darren Fuquay came up with a fourth-place finish. And Dan Ebert, who won the King of America the week before, didn't have such a great finish the night before, was able to get a much better starting spot, fifth, and that's where he ended up, fifth. uh, He started sixth, and he ran
1: fourth, Kurt. Uh, I mean, he he started fifth, and he ended up fifth. Right, yeah. Yeah. Dan Ebert.
3: So, uh, you know, the... the Good win
1: for him down there at
3: Humboldt. Right. Mm-hmm. But the racetrack at Bibby in Arkansas on Saturday night rubbered down,
1: and uh, so was it on the bottom? Yeah. There's nothing worse than yeah. watching a race Lockdown with bottom. people putting around the bottom. Would you agree with that, Kurt? No, I agree. There's nothing worse than watching a race where people are just limping it around on the bottom.
2: I mean, you know, there's some potential that could have made that race a good race. You know get that track right and yeah have a good like you always said slick in the middle and give me something to work with top and bottom and well i can work with that
3: the only guys that were able to move through the field uh you had Jace, Jake jake o'neill that started 13th ended up seventh and rodney sanders started 15th and ended up ninth but outside of that uh where where you were at is where you were going to finish mm-hmm. so you know it's just one of those things and you know, I'm going to kind of cut people a break this time of the year, especially with the weather conditions the way they are, to prep a good racetrack. There was time. a lot. That, that, uh, that's a hit and uh, miss proposition. There was a
1: lot of rain down there in yeah. Texas at yeah. Devil's Bowl. So they they had there a lot was of a lot of rain. Weather's there. been right,
2: like you said. It's a tough weather's rough anytime, time, but they had they were definitely dealt a handful you know, with with what was going on. You
1: know what? I want to I want to give a shout out to the, the people that lost their lives down south. with all those tornadoes man that was terrible wasn't it
2: yeah i don't know if anybody watches a lot of social i watch a lot more social media than probably me Me and scott probably watch a lot of but man some of the video from some of the storm chasers that came out of some of that That stuff terrible man um that storm chasing vehicle this was the first time they got a direct hit
1: and little rock
2: and they parked that thing underneath that. And some of that video from that window, from that machine that they drive around that looks like a UFO. Right. That weighs a million pounds so it doesn't get sucked up off the ground. Right, yeah. You could hear the the angst in some of their voices inside that. They, they were concerned, uh-huh. weren't they? They were. Yeah. Because it was a big one, it wasn't an F two, it was F four, yeah, and it was
1: that was a major tornado. Yeah, and, and how long did that thing long, stay on the ground? Like, like for an hour, didn't it? it?
2: That was the thing that I. It was like the one we had here in in um, Joplin. It just lasted so long that that's why the devastation was. Whereas in Kansas, a lot of ours bounce. Mm-hmm. get a lot of bouncing, you know, comes down, hits, jumps up again. But Kirk, where holy. would
1: you stay if, if tornado came to your house? Would you go to your bathroom?
2: You guys got a uh, thing, don't I you? I did
1: take cover
3: one time in the bathtub and took the mattress in there and tried to cover myself
2: Does your up. apartment not have a storm shelter? No. Really?
3: I, I live on the ground floor.
2: Yeah, but sometimes in like the main, like the, what do you call it, area where no, they I have did. like a wreck area, they have a basement in it.
1: I wow. would probably go to that bathroom right yeah, over there. Yeah, your
2: bathroom here. or right, I mean, They say
1: not to get close to the outer outside, wall. Outside wall. Yeah. yeah. yeah just go so the would door. it be safer to just stay right here in right the right <laughs> studio? Camp
2: down right here underneath this pillar, this post. If this thing comes down, right. then it doesn't matter. You're dead. This post right here, <laughs> you, you sit under it. If that comes down, you had no safe place in the whole building.
3: Boy, it really makes you think that getting a storm shelter is probably a... Well, very it's, good thing to have.
2: Here's the thing:
3: I've
1: thought about putting one in out back.
2: Well, here's the thing: we're lucky enough here in the Midwest. We have basements,
1: right? Ok- Not everybody has Oklahoma, basements.
2: Oklahoma, Texas down there, in Mississippi. They don't have basements. Some of them they can't because of the water situation. Right. You yeah. can't build in the basement, mm-hmm. so there you have to look into a storm shelter type thing. Because you can get one of them with a sump pump that'll keep the you know keep you dry for a couple days if you had to sit <laughs> <laughs> down in there. But what you're looking to do is is Get into something for the next hour or two to be safe, and then get out of there. You know that's... Yeah. And uh, I'm like you guys. My friend, I have a best one of my best friends lives in Oklahoma. Has no basement, and during last year, was but one, they have a lot of brick houses down there. A lot there. of brick. Well, that's one of the reasons why, because right. they all grew up watching the Three uh, Little Pigs, and the only house that made it was the brick right. house, right? I mean, yeah. it, there's a reason why the bricks were lessened. But
3: well, what really sad is the loss of life. Yes, there was I mean, just you so much. Uh, property you can rebuild, yeah. but boy, you can't replace
2: your life. The that, reason- that
3: is when you see the casualty figures of twenty yeah. some people that died right in this thing. it just breaks your heart when you see that. And I think no it's doubt. one
2: of the reasons because they don't have basements and stuff. And I and this may be something they need to start looking into. The tornado alley has shifted. We've talked about that the last few years. You know, we've got less tornadoes here in the Midwest. Knock on wood than we've had in a long time. They've talked about how it shifted a little bit more to Tennessee and and all those guys. They've been getting hit with tornadoes a lot. They may need you guys may need to invest because you don't have basements like we do here in the Midwest. And for the last 40 years, we I've been dodging tornadoes by going to our basement. I mean, you know, that's just what you do here in Kansas, you, in Missouri. I mean, when the <laughs> you know how it works, when the alarm goes off, you head to the basement. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what you do here.
1: You know, it, it seems like to me. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like to me when whenever the weather starts to move up into the northeast, they really get on edge up there, mm-hmm. don't they? They do. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's like when it starts going into Pennsylvania, New York, New yep. Jersey, a lot of population. Area, Maine up in that area, Yeah, a lot
2: of population, yeah. man, in there. Yeah. And like you said, I. I can't imagine being in New York City when they had that monster supercell that came through there. You know, there's a, there's so many people in one spot, I mean. Right. So, you know, like Kansas, we're lucky. In Missouri, we have it's pretty wide open in a lot of places. So, your chances, I mean, we're filling up. Don't get this wrong. There's more things being built all the time, but man, when the Kansas Speedway was being built when the big one landed over by my house, it bounced over Kansas Speedway. And I remember and then it ripped
1: right through here, right
2: yeah, through this area yeah. in the Northland. And the
1: Speedway's had a couple of close calls
2: yeah. since yeah, then, they yeah. I remember when care. Remember
1: know, when we were out there that one day and, and and the tornado was coming through there, and we all were freaking get, out.
2: You guys, I had more. I was right before I started working with you. That was the year, and that was literally it. Bounced over. So we've had two, like Scott Kirk said, we had two close calls out there, Kansas Speedway, right? And that thing literally bounced over. And that was the first tornado I was ever able to be able to see. How big of
3: a calamity would that be? You well, got the, they got Cup weekend out there, yeah, and a big tornado goes flowing through Kansas Speedway with all
1: those people, all out the there.
2: cars, NASCARs and, and there. The, and, and, and back in those days, they had a Carnival Row. Yeah, you used to be able to come up even if you didn't have a ticket and buy tons of merchandise and ride rides and hang out and bounce houses and. It's changed a little bit right. since then because there's not as much money in the NASCAR. Right,
1: right. Marie says that uh, we had them in Delaware and they had one casualty.
2: Yeah, I saw that. I saw Pennsylvania had had one. I saw Iowa, Indiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, and one more. All had injuries or, or fatalities.
3: And these things just don't happen. And uh, April, March and April. No, all year long uh, was almost. A, last year in December. Yes, sir. All that damage that happened in Tennessee right. and Kentucky. Remember that?
2: Yeah, it was bad last year. And then California even had uh, tornado warnings. Yeah. So, I mean, you have a warning of tornado in California. It's just strange times.
1: Snow in Los Angeles. Yes, sir. Rick said that I live in southern uh, South OKC. That's Oklahoma City. And the closest basement we can get. Is the storm shelter yeah. in the ground of the garage? Yeah, he's no. had a couple of tornadoes. If he's living in South of Oklahoma yeah. City,
3: he's got a lot of experience with. They got big tornadoes. Uh, they got going plenty of there. experience over well,
1: there. Well, that's what I
2: said my best yeah. friend Stacy, that lives down there in Oklahoma, that he, he called me that last year and said, "This is the first time I went to the community storm shelter." Mm-hmm. He goes, "I've t- I've dodged some tornadoes down here." He goes, "But if this one was the closest one, it made me get in my car." And drive to the storm shelter and hang out with a bunch of people you don't know just hunker down in this basement, you know. I mean
1: Let me tell you a little story about my cousin David. His house got destroyed up there when when that tornado came through Liberty and went up by William Jewell up there on H Highway. Yeah. And his neighbor is his best friend and the, their son was in the house and the tornado was coming. And he went downstairs and hung on to a pole. Oh, man. Downstairs. And when he came upstairs. Everything. The house was completely gone. I said,
2: here's your pole you need to hang on to. Right
1: Completely (laughs) gone. (laughs) Yeah. And he survived it. He survived it.
2: See, with tornadoes, they're kind of like earthquakes. It it was
1: a slab. There wasn't nothing left. Yeah. It was just a slab of concrete.
2: Just scary, man, to think about. So yeah, I, I hated to see all that. Oh so early in this You know, storm preparation
3: season. is the key? Sure is. Just to uh, have a plan. Think about what you would do if heaven forbid a you bad know, storm hit you and like you know, Kirk, what, what are you gonna do?
2: Kirk's family is basically me and you up here. You know, yeah. when up here in Kansas City right. he worked so like, if a storm was to hit, you know, he's either going to be reaching out to us or we're going to have to reach out to Kirk. But Kirk,
1: you might want to run back to our to to the studio.
2: That's what I'm going to say. Well, here's the thing. With tornadoes, you do get a little bit of time, right? So, if Kirk yeah. gets a tornado warning in, in in Independence, man, jump in that car and head over to the studio. You're 30 minutes from the studio. You can get the hell out of Dodge and be in a relatively safe place, still get all your work done, watch your TV on one so of So I
3: would come up here and your this house would be destroyed while, <laughs> the, where I would be is okay. But you live
1: in an apartment, Kirk. <laughs> yeah. but,
2: but he's talking about if we have a problem in independence. Kirk. Independence is way away from Gladstone. How we many
1: years it. have you lived in that apartment complex? 30-some. How many years? 35 years? Uh, what year did you 30, move in there? 33 years. 33 years. Yeah.
2: That's longer than me and my wife have been married. And it, I've only taken cover
3: one time in that time. And, and it blew the Arby's down, didn't it? It blew you know, <laughs> I the, remember that. The Arby's just right up the way there. I remember. But a that. tornado skipped right over the top of me at two o'clock in the morning. And uh I didn't really know that. But you till, didn't know till it until the, the next time. morning that right. an actual tornado did go over. But I knew enough. I was scared enough the one time that I crawled in the bathtub, and it turned out to be even worse than I thought. what well, did you but ta- I went out the door the next morning and saw all the destruction Kirk, the- did
1: you did you take your mattress in there and lay it over you? Yeah. The That's mattress your, off your bed. Mattress That's off your
2: bed. That's when you know shit's gotten serious is when you pull <laughs> the mattress.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know it's serious. Well I knew I knew it was coming because uh, you know, the they, they I was watching T V and the the, the the line of storms that they said was you're not gonna miss it. You better take cover.
2: Yeah, I don't know if you saw a lot of the, the weathermen. i it was hard watching some of the weathermen talk because he knew the amount of loss of life that was happening and you seen the weatherman that was down there. He kind of broke down a little he, bit. He did. Yeah, yeah. He broke completely down because he knew he said, please. And he just, he stopped because what they were feeding him in his ear.
1: Yeah. He, he knew. knew it was
2: bad. It was real bad. And yeah. I just, like you said, the way we started this conversation off, I'd like you said, hearts are, and thoughts are all out to the, all the people that were affected can by this. you could rebuild
3: this stuff. That's right. It's the uh, loss of life is, is you, the hard part. You just got to save your life. That's the main thing. Yeah. As yeah. the rest of it, you, you can come back from this. Yeah,
1: right, no doubt.
3: Uh, you know the 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 inspirational thing when I look at we're talking about tornadoes and bad weather is when Joplin got hit by that tornado in 2011,
1: and uh, that I, l- let me tell you something, Scotty Cook and I. Yeah,
2: yeah, we drove through there too. After
1: we that. drove down there, not just days after that tornado hit down there in right. Joplin, and let me tell you something. That was the most devastating thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, exactly.
2: and, and this stuff that's going that on boring. down
1: in. But the, the inspirational
3: thing about all that was I'd go in there on a, when we go to Tulsa every year yeah. and just kind of see how things are coming back from all that. What and year what's was inspiring that? about that is just how quickly people come back from that and
1: rebuild. They and really built, built that area Kirk, back what, together. Kirk, what that. year was that? that 2011. Yeah, there you go. May 22nd, of that, that, that 2011. Wasn't, that, it wasn't long after Jesse Hockett passed, was it? About a year after that. Right. Yeah.
2: That was the day. Remember, we had Cassie. But you look
3: at it now, you don't even know that there was a tornado no. that went through there. When well, that hospital, you know,
2: it got hit real bad, so the ho- the rebuilt that they, hospital. They built
3: a brand-new hospital. Yeah, right,
2: all on the other side. Yeah. But that right was, off the highway. Right off the highway.
3: But what's so inspiring about that is you can rebuild from that. Yes, you, you can. You can come back and— how quickly that they got a lot of that cleaned up and they started rebuilding is is, is real inspirational yeah. to see how they how they came back from that.
2: Yeah, one of Racing Boy's uh, employees that helped us out down at the Chili Bowl, Cassie, Cassie, she had just moved to Kansas that day.
1: That day, she right. left, and three hours later, the tornado she hit She had down
2: gotten there. a ping on her phone yeah. from her, her family member saying, devastating tornado here. You know, and and when she got to where her house was up here, everything had already happened and she turned around to go back and help her family. But it was that I mean, it was that bad.
1: Yeah. I remember
3: that day that happened at Joplin was the last day of the Nationals. The NHRA Nationals were in Topeka that weekend. And I was over in Topeka, and they they had put out storm warnings there, thinking you, you better be on the lookout. Yeah,
2: we had storm warnings and all up here And the winds in were just
3: blowing like crazy. And I remember, the, I remember they were saying to everybody, just be careful because the, there's bad weather out here. And I drove, after that event was over, I drove back to Kansas City, and then you hear that when that storm cable oh,
1: uh, i wonder how much uh, tammy just asked how expensive is a storm cellar to build in your backyard
2: well they th-
1: they're not cheap
2: they're not cheap but if you know a concrete guy then it becomes a lot cheaper right so that's more your you know what i mean if you get the prefab kind they have some prefab yeah. ones that you can buy and they have them at the, the uh, things that you uh, can talk uh, to i but,
1: know that emmett hahn has a storm shelter in his backyard yeah yeah. And like
2: you said, probably 5 grand to have you a, a one set up with your lights and everything and right. and water. If you're just looking for the kind that uh, like Toto and Dorothy had for Kansas, right? Just the hole that you pull down the thing, that's a basically a concrete bunker and that could be built from like you said a con- if you know a concrete guy, you could probably have you one of those built um mm-hmm. You're just looking to get out of the get out of the way you now, know, how, that, about,
3: how much is it worth if it's going to save your life that's the someday?
2: thing i mean people don't
1: your family's life
2: yeah but, right see we're we're spoiled here in the midwest and uh, not midwest but kansas missouri because we do have basements so we don't even think about this is our storm shelter in a way
1: our basement
2: our basement i mean we're underground here people a lot of people don't have underground basements right. in their house and you know we have concrete walls and so if, if it wipes it out it's everything above us and
1: can you, Todd? Can you look up and see what yeah. a storm
2: shelter yeah, I sure would can. cost? Yeah, sure That's what I was getting ready to do. Yeah. Matter
1: of fact,
3: boy, I hope we don't have to deal with that this spring.
1: <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it.
3: But you never know. I mean, you just—you never know where these storms are going to hit.
1: You know, I think when I go out to Pennsylvania, all right, I'm thinking it. I'm going to rent an Airbnb. What is that?
2: It's like what we did when we went to w- Tulsa when you rent a house when we went to Tulsa okay. and rented a yeah. house out down there, so the average tornado shelter costs seven thousand five hundred it can range between two thousand six hundred and twelve thousand depending on your size and where you're at um a tornado shelter um yeah looks like between about twenty five hundred and twelve thousand depending on i mean if you're in the west coast or east Coast it's going to cost a hell of a lot more oh, wood yeah, in, no in doubt. other places but like I said, if you have a concrete guy, because some of the, if you, I'm going to pull up a picture here on the screen, if if you see kind of what it is, this concrete thing, I mean, it's basically just a little, you know, a tube. I've seen these these boxes being built; those are just steps to get out. There's an electrical box. I love. like
1: that one that looks like a shed, and then yeah. you go down below it. Yeah, that that one's perfect right there. Yeah,
2: and that one says right there, large under indoor. Shelter five by eight, new construction only seven thousand two hundred ninety nine in stock. So that's what the that's going to cost you. Then you have to pay somebody obviously to to build it. I mean to come out and put that and thing if you, together. If you
3: do and, build it, you want to make sure you got plenty of time to get in it. Before well, that's the, the storm hits.
2: But see, like what Scott's saying with that one, you can use that thing for other things. A shed. And then when yeah. when when the hits the fan, you got your your door to get down in there and hide. And like I said. If I was living in a place that had no basements in Oklahoma, Texas, I would definitely with a family. I would definitely have one. Man, you got I a just... full
3: basement at your house, right?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got, I've got concrete everywhere around. Have my... you been to Todd's house? You've been to my I house have. once, yeah. just not to the basement. But, but yeah, like Todd just...
1: has a nice house.
2: If anybody's looking to buy a house, I'll be ready to sell that bad boy in about two years. Now, Zach just turned seventeen. I figure.
1: Are you going to downsize? Oh yeah. You don't need that big a house. We gotta
2: get the hell out of Wanda County because the tax rate just went up again. You know how much my house payment went up? Uh uh. Two hundred dollars a month.
1: Guess what mine went wow. up to? What? So just recently my <laughs> house payment went from eight fifty a month to eleven hundred and sixty one dollars. Yeah, so
2: three hundred and something more a month.
1: Because they raised your taxes.
2: Yeah everybody in the county did
1: but you know what i did is i went and i paid some money on my house
2: yeah what's it working and
1: and i got my house payment back down to 850
2: yeah i was going to say maybe race the boys flip me a big loan i can put some money down on that house (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's the we're going to be selling that bad boy like i said i don't need 15 steps I don't need four bedrooms. Your kids are gone. This, I got yeah. one left in my house. My daughter, we were out at the house planning the wedding this weekend. My son is uh, seventeen. We're looking at colleges. So as soon as he hits the, his senior year, we're going to be putting that bed. I hate to move away my mom's house where she
1: yeah, but you passed, don't need that big
2: a house. I know my mom, but it's right next to my mom's house where she lived and passed away at the pool. My brother's on the other side. That's the only thing that's kept us all there. Because
1: would you consider moving to Missouri?
2: Well, yeah, we're we're it may be more contingent on. I mean, my wife still works at KU, and so it's all going to be. We can't move. A yeah, because
3: if you move to Johnson County, that's even more so.
2: Yeah, no, I wouldn't move to Johnson County if you paid me. No way. I spent the weekend. No way, I'd live in Overland Park. I went to Zach to pick up Zach's equipment in Overland Park, and I forgot how bad the traffic was, and that was one of the main reasons why we left. Overland Park to move back to my little town. I, you can't, know, I can't handle traffic. You know, moving north
1: of the river might not be too bad for yeah, you.
2: Yeah. Uh, Liberty's getting rough now, man. It's so busy in Liberty. Oh, my gosh. It's so packed up in you Liberty. You know,
1: but it, to be honest with you, Liberty is one of my favorite places. Oh, it areas. is.
2: But everybody's moving there. Gosh, they're building. Uh, they're building.
1: A lot of traffic up there. Oh,
2: my God. I went up there. Zach has a baseball field he plays on on the other side of Liberty and passing used to be able to boogie down 152. And cut over there on 351. And, oh, my God, the amount of traffic that was down there. But I can't imagine. I just saw how many houses they're building out there.
1: Right. Wow. Frog just said, boy, you guys got me watching the weather instead of racing. <laughs> <laughs> how do we get talking about You know,
3: we're thinking about all the people that yeah. lost our their friends lives down there in Arkansas, yeah, they, Mississippi. We know a lot rough. of people down there. Uh, just thinking about them. And you know
1: that was that had to be very close to where Little Rock used to be, well you know i thirty the I-30, racetrack, yeah,
2: because yeah. it was right by little through little i mean little Rock north them. north Arkansas, yeah, it was mm-hmm. you know we're down there quite a bit too we've been that's where we go through this a lot little of little bas-
3: Rock that's not the north side of little Rock the, the i the old i thirty speedway that was kind of was that more on the west side or yeah, Where was I? Thirty Speedway in relation to, look to Little Rock? You've been down there a lot more than I have. Well,
1: it blew right past six seventy, and six seventy is just just right down the road from Little Rock.
3: Is is the track even still there anymore? Yeah. Did they did they take the track out since they had the short track national? Paul, Paul
1: said my toy hauler blew around pretty good at Creek County. Um, he said it was pretty hairy. Well, Paul, we just, Paul, you know, Paul stays in a motorhome down yeah. there at Creek County. Boy,
3: a motorhome—that's not not where you want to be. No, I don't. But you know, we're just—you know—we're getting into the time of the year where just we got to look into the skies and just make sure everybody stays safe out there. That's right. all we're asking.
1: Um, Marie just said uh, the great news is the Grove should get their opener in this Friday. That's good. Yeah, finally get it in. Yeah, I it. thought
3: they already had one race there so far, but uh, they, ha- they haven't been able to race anything yet at Williams Grove. I thought they did get a show in. I'm once. not sure Maybe if not. they have or not.
2: Oh, I I don't know. I know we talked about a practice up there.
3: Lincoln Speedway, they've got a couple of shows in there, yeah. including a World of Outlaws event. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Williams Grove Speedway is uh, it's uh, Friday night. When you think of Williams Grove Speedway, you're thinking Friday night. And uh, I hope, uh, nope, rain every weekend. So they haven't got a show. So
2: no official show, just right. to practice, and that's all they've gotten in. So, right.
1: But they did get one in at Port I, Port Royal Speedway. I can't wait to get out there and and meet all the people in PA, man. I just can't wait to get out there. Great
3: race fans out in Pennsylvania.
1: Oh man, I just can't wait to get out there. I think I I think uh, Maria, I think I, oh, I'm going to look into an Airbnb.
2: Hey, I was going to ask Marie how how close was she to where that big explosion out there at the chocolate factory in Pennsylvania was she? I was at? near
3: Hershey, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, I don't know if it was real close. Reading, Redding, Pennsylvania. Reading, yeah, man, that was all of you saw the video of I that. I didn't see it. It moved a building four feet. It did. It moved a building four feet.
1: How about that the explosion? Was I didn't un- see that.
2: It was uh, the chocolate, you know, they got big chocolate factories up there and it was in one of the chocolate factories. It was insane. I don't know. I don't know if anybody. Marie lost... said
1: 30 minutes away. How about that? Wow. So it was close to where what she, she was. felt that. Yeah. Where she lived. Did she hear it? Could, did you feel the explosion, Marie? Did you feel it? That's what I want to know. You know, wow. Kirk, do you remember when the firemen got killed out there at at yes, uh, sir. I at Eighty Seventh well. Street? Remember that very well. It shook the windows in my townhouse. Yep, in on North Brighton, I I remember north of the river. It shook the windows in my house. Did my place too? We heard it.
2: Yeah, I remember when that happened. Uh, Marie said no, she didn't feel it, but right. I do remember when that happened, and yeah, that was
1: that was a bad deal. Yeah,
2: and they still are. There's still investigations into that. They got more people that are being tried for that. Here, not right. There's some Where things. What was that? Being, 1988 or yeah, something back then it was. That well, was a, what year was that? that, that whoo, I'd have to pull that a That, that probably ago. was I eighty. I was I was right out of high school, so that was I graduated in '87, so that probably was right around '88.
1: November no, of '88. No, 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 no. It was before 1981. No, 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 no not, not that, that far. Because I didn't live here then.
2: Yeah, no, it, it was uh, it was right it after. It was after
1: I moved down here. I lived in the townhouses when that thing blew
3: up. That happened in 19, November of 1988.
2: Yeah. Are you what positive I, of yeah, that, Kurt? Yeah, yeah, here we go. We're...
1: What year did <laughs> the explosion happen? We're going to be Field? right about that, Todd. Yeah, it in, is. in. in no, I, November Here's the KC, November of 88. Yeah, here's
2: the KCTV5 report about it right here. We're watching it on the screen now.
1: Kirk, you are... the
2: you, Dude, I don't mess with him with dates, man. That dude is on it.
1: November ninth, 1988. <laughs> I told you the dude. I told you so. The dude is like a <laughs>
2: savant with picking out a date and where he was at.
1: He's the craziest
3: machine I ever it was, seen. I was working overnight in the hotel business. And I thought something exploded in the building in the in the hotel where I was working when that happened. It happened in the middle of the night. Yeah. And uh, in fact, it happened many miles away from where I was. And what a tragic situation! Yeah, Those that was firemen a bad deal. Died in that. And we all got
2: set up with the explosion, and yeah, it was a terrible thing here in Kansas City. But yeah, like you said, I saw that explosion in... First thing I thought of when I saw that explosion in Pennsylvania was Marie and our fans that are that we talk to every week on there. And I thought, I wonder how close she was to that. So, thirty minutes away, which is quite a ways away. I mean, yeah, it's,
3: but not far from the what the Grandview Triangle that we now. Yeah, know back. Of, where, yeah, exactly. That's where, where the that old Bannister Mall used to be.
1: Yep. Uh, Frog said he was on the radio that morning and it shook my house like an earthquake.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody talked about how big that. I mean that. That was a it giant was bad. explosion. Just bad though. deal mm-hmm. all around on on that Yeah, thing. we
1: all remember
3: where we were when we felt that explosion. Yeah, that was... November 29th,
2: Kirk,
1: 1988.
2: Dude, like I said, yeah. I don't argue many That's dates. crazy. It's weird. Kirk can't remember when I got hired. That's the only date he can't remember right off the top of his head. But he knows everything else, man. He can pull a date just...
1: when it, When is it going to be 12 years you're with us? todd
2: i don't know it should be
1: what was the, when did you start with
2: us um it's really hard for me to even remember too i i don't
1: I, know i remember you We're, walking up to me yeah you we at talk, kansas speedway yeah and i, I, could, I said i
2: said you, hey you're you, scott
1: yeah <laughs> and you said i said would you like to come over there and try to do some work for us?"
2: and that was after i'd talked to see i'd worked for um worked for i'd written a couple stories for a website and was sending them to scott via his facebook page and and uh
1: you we, were you were writing uh uh little articles uh-huh. in the program out at lakeside and i was
2: working for ron hall out at lakeside speedway right. writing the drivers articles and the and that take care of them and their the puzzle page for the kids man i was trying to do things for the kids even back then i had a cool puzzle thing a word search i put in every week of the driver's names or bma you know name something for the kids to do you know and but yeah i was doing that and then i started sharing some stuff to scott and and uh scott looked in to find out kind of who i was and talked to he knew john o'neill and john o'neill and me had went to school together and all right after you talked to John, I reached. I bumped into you. That was the last race I had my season tickets out at Kansas Speedway. Well, I used to be a season ticket holder out there. Yeah, and uh, I'd snuck. <laughs> that was the last, I'd snuck my way into the infield that
1: day walk through the tunnel
2: Walked through the tunnel and i actually made my way onto pit road with no hot pass you know, I can't tell people that now that's just not right. a good thing to do but back then you know right. i <laughs> snuck my way in and made a whole day of it i met matter of fact i met uh richard childress and um mr penske both in the infield yeah. for that week because the indy cars were in town back then remember yeah, we used to have yeah, indy yeah indy cars ran out there. so uh i uh and i bumped into scott trailer on the racing boys uh yamaha golf, golf cart, cart and uh said hey and he gave me a ride halfway to my car couldn't go all the way because obviously it couldn't go through the tunnel. can't go through that tunnel but he took me up to my backside over there and that, that i can't remember what year that was well, i can go back and pull my last 10 years ago huh, What that 11
1: years ago Kurt. 11 years 11 ago. years ago yeah
2: so there you go. So it's been 11, 11 full years. it was years. ten
3: years ago when you and I it's, got in. The yeah, that's right. Car went out to Tucson to help out with. That's the how first I know. That, that's how I Video
1: broadcast
2: when me and Kirk made our trip and followed you and Scotty Cook down to the.
1: So Steve asked if that was in a in a uh, quarry. It was in a quarry, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, they had. So yeah. they had had a report of something was going on. I can't remember what it was. There was some, and the and basically there was. They had all these explosions set up, and I don't know what the purpose there was. There was a
1: bunch of dynamite in there, wasn't there? Yeah,
2: and it was set up just to do one thing. And
1: You know what Frog said? He said that uh, we need to buy Todd a Rolex.
2: For my years of service?
1: Yeah. I'll,
2: I'll take a Rolex. He's got your a, back there, Todd. Man, Frog, I appreciate <laughs> that, my friend.
1: Uh,
3: uh, 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 yeah, you've, you've earned that. The longevity, if you've been with us that long, anybody that's Hung around us for that long. Does like there, I said, I
2: think sorry. I'm the only one who's been... I mean, Scotty's right. been here longer, but he left for a while and came back. He, you know? he
1: was gone for two years. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. So I think other than Kirk you Elliott,
1: and <laughs> You and Scotty are the longest employees yeah. of Racing Boys. Like I said,
2: my first trip, you know, outside of the building working with Racing Boys with, with you guys and Scotty Cook and yep. and, you know... So, yeah, like I said, I, I've been here quite a while, and I, like I said, I appreciate it. It's, it's the perfect job. It was the kind of job I was needing at the time. Uh, a lot of people don't know I had cancer. I was trying to get over. You know, I, I couldn't go back to doing what I'd done before. What well, did you
1: have cancer?
2: Four years before that, so 15 years ago now. You're the was, ultimate survivor. And, you know, I, was, I used to unload trucks. I was a grocery store. I was an assistant produce manager and a produce manager, and I unloaded trucks, man, and I couldn't go back to doing that again um i had to find something else and i I was hurting for cash this is a perfect job and this worked perfect because i was a stay-at-home dad still you know i I, when i met you you guys care of your kids i used to i used to bring you remember bringing zoe and zach over to the studio i got pictures of them when they were tiny at the original studio so i've been here you know it seems like i said forever and if you had told me i'd still be here working on the week you know the year that zoe was planning her wedding way back i would have said said you're crazy because I usually stayed at jobs about five years, and then I moved on and found me something else, you know. And right. Now, I've been here. This is number 11 and going on 12. So, right. yeah.
1: No doubt about it. All right, Kirk. So, we should wrap up here, right?
3: Yeah, I just want to say uh, congratulations to Justin Ashley, who won his second straight top fuel uh, win at Pomona yesterday. He's on a roll right now as he beat uh, – you know, in the final round, he beat Austin Prock. And uh, Matt Hagan for Tony Stewart winning in Funny Car over Ron Caps. Cruz Pedregon also,
1: won in Funny Car, didn't
3: he? Uh, no, that was uh, Matt Hagan. Hagan, that, that was a yesterday. good race, too. Cruz mm-hmm. Pedregon uh, was one of the uh, top qualifiers. Maybe we could get Matt John Hagen.
1: Forrest back into the studio. That'd over be here. cool. Yeah. That'd be cool.
3: And also, uh, congratulations, Dallas Glenn. Who beat Ron Hartford in the final round, uh, Pro Stock at Pomona, and also Joseph Newgarden. Todd, you and I watched that yeah, race. Uh, race yesterday. What a thriller that was! I, Joseph Newgarden. I watched him yesterday.
2: Did you, Did you watch you it too? that race yeah. too? Yeah, man, I tell you, I like I liked how quick it reminds me of the new baseball. It's in and out, right? With that the racing's quick, even with the red flag that they had during that race. We still got under you know in and out. Yeah. I watched that whole race before. I had to go do stuff for
1: it's an In-N-Out Burger
3: at Pomona. Just in- boom! In-N-Out. They're the new sponsor of the right. uh, uh, what used to be Auto Club Raceway.
2: Well, it ought to be a good In-N-Out week for Bergers. racing. I, I'm looking forward to some of the local racing. Hopefully, yeah. we'll get some nice warm weather here in Kansas City and and Oklahoma and Missouri, and we can get some good racing starting here soon. It's gonna be. I
3: can't wait for Friday night. I can't either. Can't wait to get up there. That'll be my first race since the Chili Bowl. We uh, might try that to get I will some, have attended.
2: Try to so, get a couple drivers yeah. for our show on Saturday morning, maybe. Yeah, or no if doubt, not, for we'll Monday for sure.
1: We'll can some interviews. We'll be all over it. Yeah, yep, take the take the, your, the,
2: your task cam up there or your Zoom up right. there and uh, can some interviews, and then we'll put those bad boys together and get them to good use.
3: The yep. Outlaw is going to be the big show this weekend at US 36 and at 81 Speedway on Saturday night. So. Are you going to go to 81? Uh, no. How long are is you that? going? Maybe.
2: How long a drive is that from here? Three what, hours. Three, three hours. Theory? So yeah. I didn't even realize that. So you're looking at, you've got some pretty major tracks all within three hours of us. I mean, mm-hmm. really, you can hit a lot of tracks from three hours from us, and there's a.
1: There's a million tracks within our region.
2: I mean, there's just so many. And maybe that's one of the reasons it's there's, tough. For, there's
1: more tracks in Iowa than any other state in the country.
2: Yeah, I read that online. I looked that up, and I was that's what I was expecting Iowa probably to have.
3: That's mm-hmm. what makes Kansas City a great location because you can you're centrally located. In the wintertime, you're four hours from the Chili Bowl, yep. and then you're three, three hours, hours from, from Knoxville. Knoxville. Yeah, they pulled two hours year. from Lucas Oil Speedway. Right, so you're
1: centrally located to I a lot of
3: places. I pulled up a
2: thing on on VisitKC.
1: twenty minutes from Lakeside, forty minutes yeah. from I seventy.
2: You got I thirty five, and you got thirty six. You got Valley. You got. I, I don't care much for it. I'm just saying, if you want to watch any of the race, there's a racetrack somewhere close to your I'm house. Over two in
3: hours to Lucas Oil Speedway. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan. of I thirty five.
2: Yeah, but I'm just saying, if you're up there. And you're right next door to it, I'd be going to it too. I mean, you yeah. know, there's so many tracks around here that.
3: And we're an hour away from Friday night's race at US 36. Yes, sir. It's I not saw that thing far on. The road. I'm only 40 minutes. It's away. 40 minutes from here. Yeah. yeah.
2: I saw a thing on VisitKC.com. It showed all those, the locations that are within eight hours of Kansas City, the major. Destination oh, and man, there's a lot of destination cities that you could just visit. And you that...
3: live like five minutes from Lakeside.
2: Yeah, I'm five minutes from Lakeside and five minutes from Kansas Speedway. Yeah, no I'm, doubt. I'm right between the two.
1: All right, thanks everybody for tuning in to Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they're going to be racing down at Central Missouri Speedway on April 29th. For Todd Surprise, for Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you Saturday morning on Track Talk.